Hey, everyone. Um, nice to have you all here. Thank you, Real Vision, for having us. Today, we have uh, Jeffrey, a.k.a. Jiho, from Sky Mavis, the creators of Axie Infinity, Gabby, the co-founder of Yield Guild, and then Jan and I are co-founders of Delphi Digital, and we're investors and have helped design uh, certain aspects of Axie and uh, uh, Yield Guild as well. Um, but yeah, how are you guys doing, uh, Jeffrey and Gabby? Good, good. Yeah, uh, feeling good. Uh, excited to be here. Awesome. So, um, you know, by now, everyone's probably heard about Axie Infinity in at least a conversation or two. I feel like you guys are almost a household name. But, um, you know, for all the Real Vision uh, members, let's kind of like start from the top, right? So, um, Jihum, how about you kind of walk through, you know, what Axie Infinity is at a high level? Like, what is an Axie even? Sure. So Axie's broad goal is to introduce the world to something that's new and a little bit scary through something that's fun, relatable, and a bit nostalgic. So Axies on the surface, they're kind of like these uh, digital pets. Uh, they might seem like Pokemon or Tamagotchi. Um, so there are these pets that you can battle and collect. Um, but the kind of secret sauce is that we've used crypto and blockchain to really empower users, make them owners of the game. Um, and there's this been this model that's emerged, right, called play to earn, where gamers all around the world have been able to turn their time and effort into uh, real money, um, but basically farming these in-game resources that are tokenized and can be sold on these open markets. Um, so yeah, I guess Axie isn't just one game, it's an entire universe of games. Um, so right now you can battle your Axies, you can breed them. And we're also working on other forms of uh, game plan um, that we'll be rolling out over the coming years. Nice. And I want to give Gabby like an opportunity to talk through Yoga, but maybe it's it's like helpful to first give people some context about actually dive in a little bit deeper there. Like, so obviously, you know, Real Vision wouldn't have you guys on just for being like a, you know, game, random game. You guys have some insane metrics, right? So you have over 1.3 million daily active users. You know, I think you just hit $1.5 billion in all-time NFT sales like today. You have over 800,000 Discord users. I'm not sure if that like makes you the biggest Discord uh, yet or something like that, but I'm sure some of these metrics may be even a bit still. Like, why has it been growing so fast this year, right? You guys have been at this for a while. Sure, so building an NFT game or a blockchain game until this point has been quite difficult. So you need to create a fun game, but you also need to work on uh, blockchain infrastructure, right? Um, the tools that even enable you to build a blockchain game just didn't exist uh, when we started out. Uh, so uh, over the last couple of years, we've been, you know, building this game, uh, building this amazing community, but also building uh, tools, right? So we have our own scaling solution called Ronin, which basically, so like Ethereum is uh, amazing, uh, but it's quite uh, slow and expensive, um, which is prohibitive uh, for a gaming experience. So uh, we migrated from Ethereum to our own side chains, a scaling solution called Ronin, and that, and that really, uh, once we paired that with our marketplace, our game, our community, uh, that that's kind of what led to parab parabolic growth. And I think this was the first time uh, where a community, uh, a, a blockchain gaming community at a certain scale, uh, yeah, was able to basically uh, kind of be unleashed by this, uh, yeah, by a scaling solution. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of factors, right? Like it's, it's this community. It's the fact that we were building through a bear market when nobody really cared. Um, so I think like, right, the world is finally waking up to this trend and uh, to how NFTs empower users across a bunch of verticals, right? Like art, gaming, collectibles. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I guess like Gavin, you've been you've been around the Axiom community for you know years now, uh, even deeper than you know even Jan and I, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about you know how you kind of saw the growings of this community, um, and maybe a little bit more about your journey, and then kind of like introduce Yield Guild as well? Sure. Um, so I've been a game developer for the last eighteen years. Discovered Ethereum in two thousand seventeen and NFTs in early twenty eighteen. 
So I met uh, Gio in the conference circuit, started playing Axie Infinity in October 2018. And yeah, last year, this time actually, was the time when people in the rural area in my country, the Philippines, started discovering Axie Infinity as a way to earn money during the, uh, the lockdown. And they discovered that they actually earned multiple times the amount of money that uh, they earned from the jobs they were laid off from, from the local opportunities. So that was an incredibly eye-opening experience. That and people in the community discovering that they could lend out the excess axes that they had uh, to these people who were coming in to play to earn, um, yeah, basically led to the formation of Yield Guild. So Yield Guild is what we call a play to earn gaming guild. We invest in NFTs. So we have uh, uh, over 20,000 axes. We have a lot of land. We have, uh, we have a bunch of NFTs in different games as well. And then we lend them out to our player community so that they can play these games and earn an income from them. So yeah, that's that's the basic definition of, of a play-to-earn guild. Nice. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, maybe you can dive into, you know, Jiho gave a little bit of a teaser of what play-to-earn exactly is. Um, you know, walk through why crypto gaming is kind of like, you know, an avenue that, you know, obviously us at Delphi are so excited about, but now everyone else around the world is also like waking up to. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, play to earn is the idea that you know players can participate in the game, earn an asset that they can then sell within the game uh, to other players, and and so you have like an economy that kind of exists there. And you know, it is you, you've had these elements in previous games where um, you know in World of Warcraft or Diablo, basically gold was, was valuable, and, and you'd have some players who can play and farm this item and then sell it and, and make good money relative to what they can make elsewhere. At the same time, you have other players that are looking to purchase this resource and might not have the time or the patience to, to necessarily farm it. And so for them, the, the, the price is less of an issue. And so um, the key to all this is ensuring that you do have a sustainable economy that, that works and can scale over time to, to kind of bring in new users. And so we, we think what crypto enables is that in the traditional world, you had uh, these game developers and then uh, game makers create barriers and, and make it very difficult for users to sell these items, to collect them. They had to trust their parties. There were technical frictions. And so it, it just made it really burdensome. Whereas here it, it's effectively encouraged and, and they make it a lot easier to kind of go through the hoops and, and list your assets, sell them. There's a lot more transparency. And so, yeah, the key to all this is really ensuring that you do have some, some level of sustainability where you know, it's not just players coming in and, and selling an item that's, relatively useless you do need um a good game around it that that can feed off of it and basically allow the other allow there to be their demand on the other side and so over time you can kind of start to tweak these components and i'm sure um uh gabby and jeff will go into that as well a bit more but you do it, it's a it's a it's a it's a very interesting economy but it needs to be well balanced and i think that's kind of the part that gets overlooked where the, the biggest initial skepticism is like how is this sustainable and how does this make sense yeah, let's actually dive into that like right now, right? So, Jiho, obviously, you know, I, I think Axie is one of the first like very obvious metaverse plays before metaverse was a buzzword. Um, and I think one thing that you've constantly said is like, you know, you guys are just working on your first product, which is still an alpha. Like, what do you exactly mean when you say that? What is that first product and how, how does that work? So, yeah, we, we, see, we see ourselves building an entire universe. Um, we see Axie not just as a game, but all, as a this kind of fully functioning digital economy that's starting to uh, take on these characteristics of a nation, right? We have this really engaged community with deep emo uh, social and economic ties to each other. There's shared pastimes, culture. Uh, so, yeah, we, we see this as much more than a game. And we think that this could be uh, very significant for the way online communities work together, play together, uh, moving forward. Um, but yeah, we're still quite early in development. So we've been working on Axie since 2018. Um, but yeah, that's not, not a lot of time considering, right? Like there's been so much to build, right? Like we, we build, built, uh, an NFT marketplace, our own wallet, our own side chain, um, <laughs> a, a, you know, game, gaming features, um, you know, players obviously always want new content and more content um, we're working on a dex right so 25 percent of our uh, players are unbanked right now um so 
Uh, I think we have a really amazing opportunity to provide some basic financial services um, to these, uh, to our, to our, to many of our users that have never really been able to, uh, yeah, even you know, <laughs> have a stable source of income, uh, let alone something like a, a debit card, debit or credit card. So, yeah, I, th I think you know the idea for us is to really leverage the network effect, right? So, it, one of the problems with blockchain and crypto is that there are no kind of widely adopted consumer apps, right? So one of our goals is just to become the first uh, blockchain consumer app that hits a certain scale and we can leverage that position to move into a bunch of verticals, right? Uh, financial services, e-commerce, um, right? We can become like the Disney uh, of, block of crypto by gobbling up IP. Um, so yeah, uh, I, th I think uh, because we've hit this scale and gotten to this level of network effect, I think that opens up a lot of opportunities if we keep our feet on the gas pedal. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, an important thing to like really dive into there is kind of like just how strong that community is, right? In crypto, um, community is a word that's thrown around, you know, basically for every protocol, every token. But I think one thing Jan, uh, the Delphi team, and uh, you know myself kind of realized very early on, just being in your Discord when it was you know a fraction of what it is today with its eight hundred thousand players, is just how strong that community is, right? And in uh, DeFi, um, you know, or you know other sectors of crypto, uh, liquidity is a commodity, but so is community to some degree. Where um, you know you'll see very strong DeFi protocols almost lose some interest if they're not, you know, their number isn't going up or they're not like innovating fast enough. Whereas the Axie community, you guys were, you know, building through the bear, but just getting stronger by the day, right? Um, like, w what's your retention rate right now for like the Axie community? Yeah, so it, it's quite rare for important Axie community members to leave the ecosystem. In fact, I could probably count uh, count them on right, like one hand, um, the number of like super, you know, important, influential uh, people within the community that that have left. Um, Yes. So, so people, yeah, people rarely leave the Axie ecosystem in terms of like, you know, uh, retention, uh, retention rate, nine, nine of 10 uh, players uh, that are, that are playing uh, on that own Axies on, you know, the first day are still playing uh, a month later. So, I mean, obviously, right. It's, it's a, it's not just a game. That's something that people are doing for fun. It's, there's also economic aspects to it, right. It's something more, more like a, you know, a side gig or for, for many people, a main source of income. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep people, we keep people within the ecosystem and, and it's kind of this snowball. So even in the early days when Axie was small, we knew, we, we knew that the growth would kind of just compound and, um, because we weren't leaking people. So it was just about, you know, being relentless and continuing to roll that snowball. Yeah, I guess like, you know, not, not only have you kept community members, but you kind of like inspired them to you know start their own things, which is why, you know, the Gabby story is so amazing too. So like Gabby, like when did Yield Guild start, right? Like how did that come about? Um, how did you know that this was going to be something that you wanted to dedicate kind of, you know, your life to? Okay, so even as far as maybe two, three years ago, I've been thinking about the idea of a blockchain gaming guild, which is like the evolution of what are basically world of warcraft or runescape guilds but the concept of these guilds owning their own assets <clears throat> it was something that was really compelling in my head and i honestly think it wouldn't have been possible until axis land gameplay came out so i just kept it at the back of my head and during this time when axis scholarships came out so the concept of lending out your axis to someone else to the scholar who would play them and having a revenue share of that. That was when I realized that the concept was already viable. And that was when I reached out to you last year, Anil, during this time and said, hey, I wanted to put up a game farming guild and start with Axie Infinity. And I targeted the Delphi team specifically because you guys had designed the XS token. And I knew, I just knew that you guys would get it. And yeah, I was right. You guys got it. And that's that's kind of how the guild got started. Yeah, you, you mentioned the AXS token, right? Um, I'd love for Gio and Jan to go into this, right, Gio? Where, where does the AXS token, you know, come into play? How did that come around? And then, um, Jan, like, what, what does this mean for, you know, just gaming, crypto gaming in general, right? And where does AXS sit in there? 
Sure. So, so the access token, uh, its broad goal is to align the incentives between everyone um, in the Axie ecosystem. So developers, players, uh, content creators. Um, so yeah, uh, it's you know you can you can look at it as a slice of the Axie universe, right? So basically, we've cut up the Axie universe into two hundred and seventy million little shards, and uh, we're you know, basically uh, going to be giving them out um, to our players and allowing them to earn them by playing the game. We want Axie to become the first game that's owned and operated uh, by the community that plays it. So this is a really long-term goal. It'll be a gradual process of getting there. Um, but yeah, I guess the idea is that Sky Mavis is, we're the inventors, the creators of Axie Infinity, but long-term we want to be only one of many significant entities that are building on in top of this universe. Um, and in order to do that, we need to also decentralize the ownership um, of Axie. It can't be something that's only owned by us. Yeah, now, like, like Jeff mentioned, it's it's a, a really important coordination tool. And so it is um, a four and a quarter percent of all marketplace spend goes to a treasury and all of the breeding fees go to a treasury. And, and so there will be other kind of utility or, or, or um, things to basically spend on in the future as, as the game evolves. But all of that in-game spend is then pooled in a treasury and that treasury is owned by the token holders. So, you know, it can be distributed to them. It can be um, used for incentives. It can be, it'll likely be deployed in ways that, you know, we haven't really even thought of yet because of all the kind of levels that will be built on top of the game. But the idea is, so this token grants you access to the cash flow of the platform and also enables you to have kind of governance rights in the future, and those will evolve as well. And, and you know, in, in terms of the distribution of the token, uh, one of the things that will be enabled soon will be kind of a, a way to enhance play to earn. So the idea is you want your community to, to own the game. And I think this type of idea is, is certainly new to the gaming space. And uh, it's definitely here to stay in, in terms of, you know, creating stickiness within players, which, you know, we're, we're seeing happen here. Um, building a community and, and giving people not only just the the enjoyment of, of being of being able to play the game, but now they get to benefit from the financial upside and the growth in the game. And so, you know, if you think about the previous game models, there's always people coming in to play for fun. Now you're, you're basically creating entire economies and ecosystems where you do have the people that come in to play for fun, but you have the people that, that want to come in and, and play to earn and those that want to purely just speculate on, on kind of the, the upside of some of these NFTs. And in the middle of all of that is the AXS token, which um, creates just massive alignment across everyone. And, and, and so now all the early players and, and even just the, the kind of the people that come into the ecosystem now aren't just giving away their time necessarily to play a game, but they do have ways of benefiting the game, ways of kind of impacting the game. And I think that creates a lot of additional engagement within the community where um, now you know they can think of creative things they can do to help grow the ecosystem or, or go through governance and then suggest uh, make changes. And so we think it's a, a really novel way for, for games to be communities rather than a game maker and, and a, you know, a set of players sitting on kind of opposite sides of the table where you always had that dichotomy in the traditional gaming world. Yeah, I think we need to like actually, you know, explain how big this actually is, right? So like, uh, Jiho, your Twitter is, you're basically like the Naval of crypto gaming <laughs> to, to me right now, right? Like you, you've said some great things, like you, know, you basically lowered the tax from 100% to 4%. Um, you know, you know, for actually you guys spend $0 on marketing and your gamers earn revenue, but there is sense, that's essentially the marketing spend, right? How big is, has the treasury grown? And then, you know, yeah, yeah why is, you know, this, you know, looking at Axie's revenue, not the same as looking at revenue for other DeFi protocols. I think this is, Something that a lot of people miss, in, even in the crypto space. Yeah, so uh, the treasury, I mean, it's growing, uh, I think at a rate of like almost $15 million a day right now. So it's about 1.2 yeah. B right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, so we've done about, you know, $300, $300 million um, in revenue over the last 30 days. And this is more than uh, protocols like Ethereum or, or, or Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, it's 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 growing. I mean, I think I think this is showing the massive potential of 
uh, of gaming to really ignite and passion um, and and get kind of real uh, real people, real everyday people uh, using this stuff and and um, spending within these digital economies, right? I think the world is becoming increasingly digital. People are uh, you know, relying on these worlds to you know uh, uh, for mu for much more than fun, right? Like there's also a, you know so deep social ties. Um, right. There's a lot of focus on play to earn as well, right? Uh, because that's kind of the novel, interesting thing. But right, there are also I also want to stress, right, that there are collectors, right, um, who are just you know coming coming in, spend for fun and status. Um, that's obviously one of the things that makes it uh, easier to balance uh, the, the long term economics of, of the system. So. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and you know, with certain other protocols, you often people can kind of conflate revenue and, and profit where if you think of something like, you know, a, a, a protocol that has to incentivize liquidity, um, part of the revenue will go towards incentivizing liquidity and then the residual kind of goes to the token holder. Whereas here, all revenue is basically profit where, you know, it's, it's a different cost model. And so oftentimes you kind of see this compared with the size of a traditional game. But, um, and, and that's where I think people kind of looking on the outside, on the outside looking in, start to make, you know, comparisons of, oh, is, is, how big has this gotten? This is already potentially too large, but we have to realize that all the profit is, all revenue is basically profit to the token holders. And so as the ecosystem grows, so do uh, those profits and, and, and they go directly to the token holders themselves. And on top of that, I think there's, you know, it's not purely just, this is the cash flow that, that this token is entitled to, but with all the additional Kind of functionality and features that will be accessible with the token itself you there's a certain premium that comes to, to that that is added to that token that's you know aside from just the the pure financials of it and so um i think that, I think that component and, and just generally you know looking at these numbers people wondering you know, how is this reasonable but if you think about it in the traditional game when you're spending on an item that basically becomes a sunk cost and, and you're never really able to kind of move it out and so people are, are much less comfortable spending knowing this is just kind of like a black hole whereas here um you can easily sell whatever you're buying and, and, and on all the axes so you might think there's like an, an upfront barrier but you're able to recoup basically all of your costs um pretty comfortably if you're if you're really moving in and so i think that that kind of velocity helps um create a lot of a revenue one but it also makes people a lot more likely and, and comfortable to spend and i think it naturally kind of grows the whole ecosystem we think about you have like the play to earn users, you have the, the individuals that are playing for fun, and then you kind of have speculation that's littered across all of that. And so um, I think there's, there's a lot of reflexivity in, 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 in thinking about how with traditional games, it's just you know, a certain amount of users come in and they want to play. Here you have the individuals that want to come in and play to earn, but having those players come in actually makes the game more fun for those who want to use it in a competitive way because with more users, there's more kind of accurate skill matching, there's more granularity in those skill levels, there's more progress. And so you're not showing up into a PVP and, and just the chances of you finding someone appropriately matched are slim. So you, like that PVE component almost creates some escape velocity and helps um, alleviate the early concerns and the early risk of, will there be enough people to, to kind of come in and make this game fun? And so once you kind of get beyond that, it, it becomes really positive reflexive in that way. And at the same time, as there are more users, the people who are collecting and, and speculating on the on the higher end of these axes or, or the land items, they also benefit because naturally as more users come into the game, there's more people kind of, you know, after your valuable items and, and that naturally creates uh, more value for you. And I think I think like that whole reflexivity is, is really what what's helped uh, kickstart a lot of this and and bring in a lot of different types of users from you know, people who are just looking to, to farm to people who are spending exorbitant amounts of money on the higher end looking to collect and then everyone in between. Yeah, for, you know, there's a lot of like buzzwords thrown around as far as like banking unbanked over the past, you know, decade. But, um, you know, too, I think our team, Axie and Yield Guild have actually been, you know, living those out, right? And actually playing those out. So, you know, Gabby, how has Yield Guild kind of, um, you know, how, how does Yield Guild view kind of like this space evolving, right? Well, one thing that I'm kind of cautious about is, you know, our team is obviously really excited about crypto gaming in general. You don't think Axie is going to be the only game. I do think Axie's like, there's not going to be another Axie, right? Mostly because like that community aspect, you, you can't mimic that anymore because now everyone's trying to be the next Axie. Like, how, how are you thinking about that, Gabby? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we think that people will want to 
have different kinds of online experiences in the metaverse. So it, they can be games, they can be virtual worlds in a way that they can express themselves and earn an income from it. So a player is one aspect of that. Even within the Axie universe itself, you see different kinds of quote-unquote jobs. Um, there are people who are real estate agents. There are breeders, of which there's a lot of them. There are a lot of content creators, for example. But not everyone would want to play Axie. Some of them would want to play a game in different genres. They would might want to play, for example, a role-playing game, an open-world game, a strategy game. So at Yield Guild, what we want to do is invest in all of the games that have a, a good play-to-earn component so that we can offer the assets to our players and they can express themselves on like how they want to play and how they want to contribute to the metaverse. So we're really excited for kind of the intersection of the creator economy meets the metaverse in the form of play-to-earn because now you can earn a living expressing yourself on like what you're good at in these different games. And sometimes it may be just as a player, but there's so much more to be discovered on what people can do and how they can make money basically in the metaverse. Yeah, I think like, um, you know, one of the aspects that really excites, <laughs> there's so much about you, you'll go that excites me, but you know, right now, every, you know, every VC, every investor is getting hit up by, you know, 10, 20 different games, you know, a week that are trying to raise and say, you know, we're the Axie for this, or we're trying to do, you know, play to earn here, et cetera. Um, and there's obviously a lot of, you know, trash out there. Um, and there's a lot of noise. Um, but there are a few games that will kind of like, you know, build uh, over these next few years and kind of like, you know, uh, m make something really impressive. Um, Yield Guild kind of like the way that, you know, we, we see it is almost kind of like this index token on productive NFTs. Right. Um, and, you know, your treasury has already been investing. Obviously, a lot of its success near term has been due to, you know, Axie's insane growth this year. But t talk a little bit about how, you know, that treasury is run and what you guys currently hold, how you see, you know, you, you being able to be this kind of like war chest of players um, uh, to kind of like help bootstrap other games that may not have uh, the community that Axie has, you know, anytime soon. But, um, you know, how are you thinking through that? Okay. So, we want to invest in the NFTs of these different play-to-earn games. So, for example, we have cars in Formula One Delta Time. We have uh, two estates in the Sandbox. We have land in League of Kingdoms. We have tokens in Illuvium. We have a city in Ember Sword. We have, uh, we have guilds for Guilds of Guardians. So these assets enable players to play um, and earn in these different games. And over time, our... A treasury that just adds through all of these different games and then the assets of these games. But also when we invest into these assets, when we bring our players in, when we, uh, when we contribute to these games and these games grow in value, especially in their economies, we believe that a lot of the value is going to be reflected back in their govern uh, governance tokens. So with these games that we invest in, we also like to invest a little bit in the governance tokens, which honestly has worked out really well for us in Axie Infinity, where the the excess tokens that we invested in at a very low price are now in the like several millions of dollars because the thesis played out correctly in that if you invest into a game ecosystem that does really well, then the underlying governance token should do uh, well um, as well. Awesome. And I guess like, you know, Jiho, like how, how do you see Yield Guild's like role in the Axie, you know, metaverse kind of evolving over time, right? Like Yield Guild's been... Uh, you know, huge help, you know, especially this year, but um, how are you thinking about that? Uh, yeah, I think I think that the future of uh, these guilds is going to be very intricate and complex uh, within that within the Axie universe, right? I think, so obviously, they're doing many things, right? They're providing player liquidity, but they're also evangelizing the game, building content, uh, kind of just serving as a... Uh, a growth arm, right? That's able to push into different countries and and just grow grow the entire space and grow Axie within these regions. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think I think there's a lot of right, like there's a lot of social capital uh, in in these guilds, and uh, you know, games are going to compete to try and attract them uh, into the into the universe. Um, so yeah, I, th I think. Uh, it's 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 been amazing to it's been amazing to witness. Um, so I, I I think the social aspect of the game as well, right? It's like 
Okay, uh, YGG at one at one meta level, right, is uh, this a gaming guild that's actually uh, earning real money. Um, uh, but at another another level, it's also this kind of uh, society within a society where people have fun, uh, have friends, and they're you know becoming uh, business partners, um, right? And, and and because it's happening in this digital economy where there are real world implications, I think the the connections get become a much more significant, right? These aren't the gaming friends that you're hiding from, um, you know, when your wife comes home, right? Like, uh, right? You're 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 not a you're not you're not ashamed of this, right? It's oftentimes right. I think the cool thing that I've seen and that people always tell me when I meet them uh, is like, this is the first game that like you know I let my kid play. Or this is the first game that my wife lets me play, um, right? It's 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 something that people can justify their time gaming to their friends and family. But I think oftentimes that's a big part of it. Is like these people would be playing games anyway, but oftentimes the people in their lives don't want them to to game because right most games they're extractive of value, um, therefore they actually hurt your hurt you in real life. Um, there's this stigma, which is partially true, right? Like I got sent away to boarding school when I was a kid because I was playing too much World of Warcraft, right? Um, so there, yeah, there's a stigma against gaming. And part of it is kind of true because it's an extractive system where you're not really able to get anything out of it. Um, but yeah, this is, these games, um, these, are, these are digital economies that can have positive real world effects. Yeah, I think, you know, just to drive that point home, right, you, you said this many times, but like, actually, it's so much more than a game, it's even more than a metaverse, it really is like, where all these different aspects converge. And, you know, it's become this social network for people, where, you know, Gabby can connect with his co founders, it's become kind of like, uh, you know, this, um, you know, almost like a university, right, where so many people for the first time learn what investing is, what saving is, um, you know, the Uniswap airdrop story is just a, such a you know, fascinating one where you know, over 60% of your players were from the Philippines and got that airdrop from Uniswap. And that was, you know, life-changing money for them, um, especially if they held and, uh, you know, learn how to invest. Um, you know, what, one thing you kind of like touched on there is kind of just how excited you are about, you know, this, everything that's going to be built in this metaverse, right? So before we even dive into kind of like how your community is going to be building and, you know, all the different rabbit holes that can kind of start going down, what are some things that Sky Mavis is like focused on right now? What are some products that you guys are really excited about to you know finally get out in the world? And you know what's what's the timeline on that? Yeah, there's so there's a lot in the pipeline. Uh, we have uh, a Dex on the way, uh, so that's basically going to allow our players to uh, seamlessly swap tokens on Ronin without having to right uh, send their assets to Ethereum to then send to like an exchange or to to use a a gas intensive exchange on uh, on Ethereum. So basically there's a lot of friction right now, even for our players to cash out and uh, to exchange value um, and within this play to earn economy. Uh, so the, the DEX is gonna make that a lot easier. Um, so I, I think that's actually the, the feature that our players are most excited for. I think it will have like almost like a Ronin level of effect on supercharging the ecosystem. Uh, we also have access staking, uh, which obviously you guys are heavily involved in. Um, we have that on the way as well. Um, on the g gameplay side of things, uh, we have an upgraded battle system that's that's on the way. Hopefully, you know, maybe something playable by the public this winter. Uh, yeah, we're also we also have a land system that's in the works, right? So this is resource collection, city building. You're uh, allying yourselves, um, you know, with, with your neighbors and friends, and and fighting for control of territory. That territory, right, kind of has this uh, level of resource or token distribution per uh, plot of land. So, uh, yeah, I, our players are also extremely excited about that as well. Yeah, I guess just to give uh, the real vision viewers some context, Ronin Dex, Dex meaning decentralized exchange, very similar to like you know what Uniswap is. Um, and then, you know, the Battle V2, new, new, you know, new type of gaming coming out for kind of their, um, you know, main, main product that they have right now. And then the land gameplay is, uh, like, I feel like in my mind, I think of it as almost kind of like a Farmville or like a Clash of Clans. Uh, 
um, type game, right? So other games being built off this IP, which is like such an exciting part. Um, Jan, maybe you can take a second and go into like what, what AXS staking actually is and, and means as well, right? I think that's like one piece that, um, you know, people might be looking at AXS and not realizing that's coming sooner than they realize. Right. So <clears throat> at the moment, all, all the protocol revenue is being pooled in a treasury and, and yeah, you can, that's viewable by, by everyone. It's, it's just, it's a public wallet. So that's partially been, you know, the, one of the drivers for the run up is, is everyone kind of looking at these revenue numbers and, and um, thinking about price that way. And, and so what's going to happen in, in the not distant future is that some of that treasury will start getting um, distributed to token holders. And so uh, what that means is if you stake the AXS token, you'll receive a yield and it's basically like a dividend from um, the, the revenue of the protocol. And so um, this is gonna be exciting because right now AXS exists and it's mostly used for breeding, but over time now you'll have a lot more engagement from the community and um, th there'll kind of be additional utility integrated on top over time with governance and kind of some other mechanics but for the in the near future what that means is those who hold axs can now stake it and and receive uh yield from, from protocol revenue and, and we think that's certainly going to be exciting and um it'll be really useful for a lot of people where i know you know breeders now are, are rather than kind of using their own axs to to breed they can stake and and kind of use that protocol revenue and and help them maintain their kind of exposure to the uh, to the token, but also um, still be able to kind of breed and, and continue to grow their access or their Axie collection. So we certainly think that's going to be uh, a really interesting component that launches and um, particularly, you know, for the community itself, where now, now they'll actually be able to benefit from, from all that revenue and, and see those distributions. Yeah, and I think like when you talk about Axie revenue, one thing that is really exciting for me, um, you know, long term uh, is kind of that SDK that, you know, Sky Mavis is working on, right? Where, um, and, and Gio, feel free to jump in here, but like you guys are essentially, you know, you guys have created the art, the like the IP, you know, and most importantly, the sticky community. And now, um, you know, instead of you guys just building these products and games on top of it, you're gonna, you know, allow your community, like unleash this to your community and say, hey, go, you know, go build, go have fun. And, you know, whatever you guys wanna build is kind of the sky's the limit, right? Um, how are you thinking about that? What's the timeline on that? And then, um, yeah, like what, what does that mean for gaming, right? I don't think we've actually seen a game like this kind of exist before. Yeah, so, so we're working on an SDK, which was basically a suite of tools that will allow our community, other developers to come into the Axie universe and build on top of it, right? Something kind of like Roblox, right? But I think it becomes really powerful when this is an IP, an entire universe that is really owned by many different parties. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, in the long run, we, we as Sky Mavis, as the inventors of Axie, we're not going to be able to build everything uh, within this universe, there's just going to be too much. Uh, so we need to also kind of decentralize, right, the development um, of the game, right? So we want other parties to be able to come in and, and build uh, games um, that our community can enjoy. Um, and yeah, I, I think like that. So the SDK is going to be a large part of that. There may be multiple SDKs. There may be SDKs that are built by other uh, parties as well. Um, so yeah, I think like it is going to be unprecedented, uh, but it, we, we, I think we, we see this as an inevitable future and uh, it's something that hopefully we can be the first, uh, to do. And, uh, yeah, I think like, you know, this is something that's more in the, all right, so it's a little bit at the, I guess, further off in terms of the pipeline. Um, but it's something that we're building towards, um, it's kind of a, a North star that guides us. Um, nice. No, I love that. And I guess like Gabby, you've seen, you know, actually, you know, kind of grow up from, you know, being this little baby that no one really cared about to something that's, you know, essentially a household name now. Um, you know, where, where have, you know, where do you kind of see actually going from here? And then also, you know, where do you see crypto gaming kind of like, you know, borrowing from Axie's playbook? And, you know, what do, what do you think is like some of the most important things that uh, a game that's trying to be big, um, you know, can kind of like copy or kind of like learn from what Axie's done right? And then, you know, we can get Jiho's opinion as well. 
The core strength of Axie when I arrived, even in early 2018 with less than a thousand players, was how much the Axie team, the Sky Mavis team, had leaned on its community as co-creators. And this shows also in how the uh, economy is run with uh, players owning most of the value with with Axie taking only 4.25% on uh, on the trading on the trading volume and this is something that uh, traditional game developers even ones that have really good kind of game economy experience have to learn it's very much an inverted model from uh in a purchase system for example where customer plays uh pays $1 app store gets 30% and then the developer gets the rest here player actually pays another player and the other player gets over 96% of the value. So that's pretty radical in game terms. And doing so just um, creates such a strong network effect where the people who are already interested in the game are empowered, they're aligned financially. Um, so the incentives are so aligned for the player, for the players to go the network and it's it's the most powerful thing I've ever seen, and it's something that I think um, if other game developers are able to capture that magic, then like no matter what game genre you're playing, just turning over the power to the players and the economy is such really such a powerful thing. Like what what made Axie work, right? Like what what and what do you think? Um, you know, obviously new games can't kind of copy and paste exactly your playbook, but what would be your advice to kind of these games that are you know working so hard to you know, not even dethrone you, but just kind of like, you know, get get some of your player base. Just like the American Revolution inspired the French Revolution and basically led to the collapse of monarchy across the, across Europe, right? Like this possibility, right, that this is just the start of uh, a great revolution that unshackles players in many different ecosystems. Uh, yeah, like freedom in the long run wins because you unlock human ingenuity and creativity. Uh, we're living like you know. You can look at these games that are purely about fun as right. You can look kind of look at them as very centralized authoritarian systems with 100% tax rates. Um, and yeah, all we've done is you know we're giving more freedom, more agency to our to our user base, and uh, we think that this is good for business as well, right? Like um, this is a way that we can grow faster. It's a way to you know. Uh, to scale without having to do unscalable things uh like the, right at the end of the day it's like i think all current games are like unscalable because someone someone is going to come around and make a game that's more fun than you or hasn't some hot new mechanic right so it's uh it when if fun is the only thing um that games are competing on like I, I you, there's always going to be someone who comes or comes and makes a more fun game right so this actually limits the size and scale of how large games have been able to get uh so i, I think that yeah these play to earn gaming ecosystems are going to be the largest games of all time i think they're going to be trillions of dollars uh in these ecosystems i think they're going to be billions of people uh right it also expands the definition of who can become a gamer Many of our gamers are single mothers that right never would have been able to play a game uh, because they're you know they're uh, yeah they're taking care of their children right so this is unlocking an entire new user group a new archetype of gamer uh, that's more in line with uh, who human beings actually are. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, Jan, for you know, Real Vision, obviously a lot of investors are listening in. Like your managing partner, Delphi Ventures, and you know, a lot of the time we spent over the past few months, you know, after Axie's kind of insane growth, has just been looking at games, right? And uh, obviously, we said no to you know most of those. But how how are you thinking about crypto gaming evolving? Right. How do you assess what's a good game, what's a not not a good game? How they're leveraging their token or NFTs? Um, yeah, give give people some like context for that. Yeah, no, it's it's a great question, and certainly seen a lot, uh, a lot more deal flow on that side after you know people see the success of AXS, and and I think it encourages them enough to look into how this whole ecosystem works, and then you know the ideas start growing. So you you see like a slight lag where everyone the game starts to blow up, and everyone starts to get really interested, and now we're seeing developers move into the space from the traditional world, and, and basically uh, re realize that this 
dynamic makes a lot more sense. And it's also uh, a bit easier to get off the ground to some extent, just in terms of you know the, the funding that you need and 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 building that community early. Whereas uh, I think it allows you kind of uh, release the game in stages and and as you're starting to sell in-game items that can be used somewhat to like fund operations. And I think there are more creative ways to, to bootstrap the, the game itself. And so um, what we're looking for, uh, obviously, you know, one of the most important things is, is the game fun and, and does the game make sense? So there's a lot of questions around um, understanding mechanics, uh, understanding how the, the developers are thinking about what's important, what's not in the future, making sure the game really has enough kind of levers because you know, you'll make, predictions of, on how you think the in-game economy will exist and grow, but in reality, it, it's never going to work out that way. So it's important to ensure that you do have the kind of appropriate levers that you need to make sure that you can make adjustments, you know, whether it's increasing or reducing certain costs or um, different kind of things that you can pull on to adjust the direction of the economy if, if you think it's potentially drifting in a not healthy or, or unsustainable direction. So uh, you know, look, looking for a quality game, looking for an economy that, that makes sense. So there needs to be um, a, a logical loop where you're not just having excess in, in one area and then you're figuring out like, okay, if, if there is excess, then that typically means there aren't going to be necessarily as many buyers for that product or that, that element or, or whatever is kind of farmed. And so it's ensuring that the, the loop makes sense where as users grow, you'll logically see them kind of grow in all these elements and you won't have Kind of seismic discrepancies between uh, different pockets. So, uh, enter entertainment value, sustainable economy. The, the token side, I, I think, we're it, so generally when we're looking at projects, you know, the token econ kind of is, is one of the more important parts. But I think with most projects, the the econ. So, what we're talking about in game econ is normally kind of pulled together with the token in in traditional projects. But here, you often have other resources. So it's it's not as um, ingrained into it, but what that does mean is that you do have a bit more flexibility there. So we're obviously, you know, concerned with the token and, and and what its place will be in the ecosystem. But we think the the other components of the in-game economy are a bit more important because they're kind of more crucial to the game. And then we can work with the team to creatively integrate the token in certain areas and, and make it beneficial. But it's it's actually interesting. We're we're more concerned with the in-game economy than the direct token application in, in these systems. But it, it's obviously still still a concern. So um, yeah, I'd say those are kind of the core things we're looking at. Yeah, I guess like everyone's seen that chart where it's like you know gaming's revenue is like you know multiples more than you know the other entertainment industries, music, film, etc. Um, but you know one thing that the more I try and wrap my head around what's exactly going on here, like are we just totally missing the ball where that's probably not even. You know, that's probably just like at the low end of what, what this market can actually go into, both for, you know, Axie as a player in game, like what Gio was saying, but also, you know, what Gabby's building at Yield Guild is like this kind of like job board of the metaverse, right? Like, how big is the addressable market for these? And obviously, there's no like right answer here, but I feel like we might be get, getting this off by a lot right now. Yeah, yeah, I'll let the other guys jump in as well, but I think we're, we're certainly underpricing it considerably. And, and I think one of the main reasons why is probably uh, what uh, Gio said about just thinking about your user demographics and how much they shift um, in traditional gaming where it's you know, purely fun. So you kind of already funnel it out to people who want to have free time are into gaming and then you're starting to compete across the gaming universe for, for their time. Whereas here um, you have single mothers, you have retirees, you have kids, you have everyone in between who is, is able to play, potentially play to earn, and and that just kind of grows the, the TAM considerably. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're probably undersizing the economy or, or the, the potential for this economy. It's probably at least one to two billion players uh, that are ready to, to go into play to earn. Um, so we're still at the very beginning. Axie is a little over one million daily active users. And... Yeah, if you look across the world, especially in the developing markets, if you look at um, Southeast Asia, China, India, Latin America, across Africa, how many people will actually want to play games for uh, like $500 to $1,000 a month? I think you're going to see that we're only in the very beginning. We're just about to get started. And this is going to bring 
the game industry, which is some something like 120 billion market into the trillions, because now this is where economy is and people are earning real value out of it. So yeah, we, we've barely just really scratched the surface of where play to earn could be. There's one thing uh, that I also want to point out, which is that many of our players are coming in and they're learning about blockchain. They're learning how to use uh, a, a wallet. They're learning how to use blockchain, uh, send transactions, uh, look at a block explorer to verify chain activity. These, right, like these are kind of niche skills right now. But I do think that in the future, right, not knowing how to use a blockchain is going to be like someone who doesn't know how to type on a keyboard. What, what does Axie and Yoga look like in, you know, a decade? And I know that's, you know, in crypto, that's impossible. At Delphi, we don't even plan for years out. We plan for like, you know, each quarter. But, you know, what what is kind of like the overall vision? Um, I'll, let, I'll let you start, Gio. So, yeah, we want to introduce the world to blockchain in a fun way. Um, and I think if we do that, if we can do it successfully, there's going to be a massive opportunity here. I think we are really interested in figuring out what the future of digital economies look like, what the future of games look like. Uh, we're starting to see basically games work as networks, right? So I think like one of my mental models is I look at Axie as a network, right? And then it's like, it makes sense for users to be able to earn some money and get some benefit because each user is bringing value to the network, perhaps more value than the, the, than the previous uh, user is kind of like some gaming version of Metcalf's law, maybe Metcalf's law. Anyway, so we're we're seeing games becoming networks uh, and uh, turning into real digital economies. Uh, games are becoming increasingly more social. So yeah, I, th I think that people are just going to be spending more of their time uh, in these in these in these digital economies. Um, like having fun will be part of it, but then there'll also be these social and economic uh, aspects that are just as important. Um, so yeah, I think like, you know, actually what we want to be leading this trend, we want to be at the forefront of this trend. Uh, I, I think we're in an amazing position to do it. Yeah, Gabby, how about you go ahead with uh, kind of like the overall vision for Yield Guild 10 years from now? Sure. And I do think that this is a 10 to 15 year like vision on our end. We've barely gotten started in it and we really see yield guild as the gateway to the metaverse so the people in the physical world that go into these virtual worlds for a living whether you're a you know a, a player whether you're a landowner a farmer um, an avatar designer you're gonna go into yield guild and kind of bring yourself to the metaverse so you'll start earning a living will be the ones that will be facilitating that, will be kind of helping groups get into these different games, virtual worlds, organize them, help them earn money. And I do think that we are going to be one of the kind of basic building blocks of the metaverse. And yeah, I'm just excited to see this play out in the next decade. Yeah, and I guess like, you know, it, it takes a village, right, to build what you guys are building. You know, um, Sky Mavis and Yogil's, you know, core teams alone aren't going to be able to do and achieve the vision and mission that you guys have um so a lot of this kind of like incorporates and takes you know needs a lot of other people to come in so one of my favorite parts about you know both axie and yield guild is like no matter you know what someone's skill set is or what they currently do how old they are they can try and you know they can most likely figure out a way to contribute so maybe gives people some ideas of or you know where they can kind of find you guys but also like all the different kind of like help you guys are looking for, right? Within your community and kind of the vision that you guys are building towards. People of many different skill sets have come into Axie and found ways to contribute. So there are content creators, streamers, uh, community developers have been building analytics sites. If you're just a positive person, you can come into the Discord and help people uh, bring good energy. And that, that also helps. I think that's one of the reasons that we had good communities. I used to give free axes to people that I just found entertaining or thought that they were a nice person that I wanted in the community, right? So in the beginning, it was about finding the right people because at the end, beginning of any organization, right? An organization, as it grows, like the people who join it tend to like have some similarities with the initial seed cohort, uh, right? So it's like, if you have a solid foundation of good people, right? Like it's going to attract more good people and it's kind of like this positive compounding thing. So just basically being a good person and being part of the Axie community, you're actually helping out. 
Um, so yeah, I, there, there are so many ways to get involved. Like if you want to, if you're interested in what we're building, right, you can go to skymavis.com, check out some of our careers as well. Maybe, you know, maybe you're, maybe there's, um, you know, a, a position for you with what on our, on our team. Um, you know, so I, so I think, you know, there, there are just so many ways to get involved, you know, I, I, also as an access holder, as a, as a battler, as a collector, um, there, I think there's really something for, for most people. Yeah, Gabby, how about, how about you, right? Like Yield Guild has even more of a like breadth of kind of where you guys are looking for help, especially because you guys are, you know, early on, you just started, you know, end of last year, technically, but realistically, you know, this year has been where, where you guys have kicked things off. Were you guys looking for help? Um, you know, the, your community is already growing so strong. I think feeding off, uh, you know, the energy, the good vibes that Axie has. But how, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, so we've actually hired a bunch of positions from the community. We picked up several developers there, business people, um, a lot of really good kind of community managers as well. So all, we tell everyone, like, how do I become of the member of the guild? Drop in our Discord. It's uh, discord.gg slash YGG and start contributing. It might be as a game ambassador. It might be as someone who eventually becomes part of the team. And yeah, just uh, as Gio said, make a positive contribution to the community in your own way, and you'll get rewarded for it. Awesome. And, you know, Jan, any like last parting words to like investors who, you know, may not be taking crypto seriously or crypto gaming seriously? Like, you know, I think we've had some pretty incredible conversations just over the past few weeks of funds that, you know, may not have bought Bitcoin, but are looking in the AXS and YGG, like, you know, you know, it's pretty insane. Um, you know, any parting words for those guys? Yeah, I think just, uh, it's just really worth taking a look and, and, you know, seeing under the hood rather than potentially dismissing it. I, like a lot of the conversations we've had both from, uh, people who've been in this space for a while and, and also who are just starting to look into the viability of crypto gaming and, you know, trying to figure out its market size and, and understand where to invest. It, it really makes a lot of sense once you, the, the more you look into it. And then so in the, the same way, you know, you, you've seen very little um, kind of turnover in the Axie community. I think a lot of the people who are, are bullish on, on crypto gaming and understanding how this can really grow into something much larger than the traditional gaming space. It, it, once people really look into it, it starts to make sense. So I think realistically just taking some time and, and reading through the mechanics and and or, or just listening to a few podcasts to really understand uh, how, how this can be sustainable, how it can grow is really important. And so as I think as people start to look into that, they, they think about potential new kind of implementations, new designs. And, and there's a lot of innovation happening, you know, the same way you saw innovation happening in DeFi and other areas that started to gain traction. We think this is uh, one of those. And um, what's interesting is that it, it brings in an entirely new user base to crypto as well, where um, it, it's people who are, you know, gamers. And if you think about kind of the, the, the natural overlap of, of crypto and gaming and, and those demographics, there's a lot there to digitally native, typically somewhat tech savvy individuals. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we think will usher in a lot more growth to the space in general, which obviously benefits everyone. And, and so, um, yeah, for investors, I, I would say really just like take some time out and take a look and, and, and before you know it, you'll, you'll really fall down the rabbit hole as well. Yeah, I guess like to, you know, give uh, all the viewers some context. There's so much content on Axie out there. I think so. And, you know, Yield Guild as well. Um, you know, I think, you, you know, our, our teams uh, with uh, Infarsis, we put together this great play to earn documentary, which you can watch on YouTube. Um, Gabby, Jiho, Jan, myself, we've been on so many different podcasts talking about Axie and kind of uh, Yield Guild as well that you can definitely check out. Delphi podcast. Um, Jiho went on Bankless, which was great, too. Um, Packy McCormick put together this great uh, post for Not Boring, which I think, you know, you guys should absolutely check out as well. Um, but, you know, Jiho, Gabby, Jan, like where can people, you know, follow you guys? Um, you know, where can they, uh, you know, follow Axie, Yield Guild's growth? And then, um, yeah, we can kind of close out. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jiho's underscore Axie, J-I-H-O-Z underscore Axie. Uh, also follow Axie Infinity on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I think you, you can try to get into our Discord. It'll depend on whether we're accepting new uh, members uh, at the time, which is just discord.gg slash Axie. Come meet the rest of the community. Yeah, I think 
you know, if you just go on YouTube and search like how to play Axie, how to get started with Axie, right? Like you're going to find all this amazing content from our community members um, on how to get started, um, how to how to take a look. And yeah, if, if you're the right person, uh, it's going to resonate with you um, and you're going to just want to go down the rabbit hole. So. How about you, Gabby? Uh, okay, so go to our website, yieldguild.io, and mint the guild badge for free. You just have to pay gas. Uh, go to our Twitter, twitter.com slash yieldguild, or discord.gg slash ygg if you want to interact with the awesome community. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, Jan and I, we're co-founders of Delphi. Obviously, um, if you guys are, you know, looking at Axie or Yielgo from an investment perspective, definitely recommend you guys go to our site, delphidigital.io, to see our reports, become a member, etc., yeah, where can everyone find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, Twitter is just uh, first name, last name. Um, yeah, first name, last name, and, and everything else would just be on DelphiDigital.io. Nice. And I'm Neil Delphi on Twitter. Um, you know, thanks Real Vision for having us. This is uh, this is great. We can definitely we should definitely do this again because uh, I think we just hit the tip tip of the iceberg here. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Right, thanks for having us. Hey there, since you got to the end, I'm guessing you liked the video. And that's probably because we don't just turn on a camera and film, we work really hard on getting the narrative flow just right. And that's why many finance companies are actually now hiring Real Vision to make videos for them. One of our recent client videos just hit 100,000 organic views on YouTube, and there were no kittens in sight. So if you want to find out how Real Vision can make a video for your company, just email us at customvideo at realvision.com.